0: Hey, we're so glad you decided to join us on YouTube. You're about to hear a message from our teaching team. We hope this message helps equip you for freedom and to find purpose in your everyday life. We stream our online services every Sunday. You can visit us at freedomhouse.cc slash live to connect with us and become part of our online campus. We know that you're going to enjoy this message you're about to watch. Why don't we give it up again for our moms? And if you're a mom, I want you to stay standing. I want everybody else to sit. Come on. Let's thank God for all of our mamas. Not just all the mamas in the room, you can have a seat, but all the mamas who are watching online right now. I know we've been having people from all over the world, not just the United States, but all over the world tuning in. We had Japan and China. We've got now Netherlands, North Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Illinois, Georgia, South Carolina. Virginia, Ohio, California, I love that all over the world, this room is so much bigger than you've realized that it is, and we are so glad that we get to celebrate our moms today, and not just today, I think it should be Mom's Month, not Mom's Day, I think it should be Mother's Month, they both start with an M. Well, thank you to all of our moms. We just love and adore you. And I'm honestly actually thankful that our creative team was able to really celebrate the moms the way that they did. They wrote that song. How many of you know they took seven rings from Ariana Grande and they twisted it and made it work for mamas, right? So they did a music video. They did all sorts of graphics. They choreographed dances, they made things all out in the lobby, and then they also ordered tons of macaroons for all of our moms for after the service, so make sure you get one of those afterwards. But I love how they just put the most amazing touches just to celebrate and honor who you are, and we are so incredibly thankful. If you're watching online, you got to make sure you get here in order to get the macaroon because we're going to eat them all, right? Well, I have to tell you, it's been a pretty special Mother's Day for me because this weekend I was preaching the service last night and literally right at the end of the service as I was coming off the platform and my son was about to dismiss the church, he does something crazy amazing. You want to see what it is? Check it out. I now have an engaged son, you guys. Who's getting married in September. How ridiculously amazing is that? I'm so excited. And you know what's really incredible too? Is the message that I'm about to speak to you, the things you're about to hear today. When I initially took them to our creative team, I let them know that this whole message, this whole concept was inspired by my Mimi. My Mimi, not only was it inspired by her kitchen, but her life. And the thing that I thought was really special is... When I took that to the creative team many months ago and we were discussing it, I had no idea that my son was going to get engaged this same weekend and he was actually going to be able to give Mimi's diamond ring to her. So it is so special to me and I'm so excited. And I also am glad that I get to tell you a little bit about my Mimi. Mimi is with Jesus now, but she was just incredibly amazing. She was the OG Stepford wife. I mean, she was like the most amazing, the only person other than June Cleaver that I knew of who actually did Vacuum and Pearls, <laughs> right? I mean, she would get up every day. She would press her clothes, her dress, right? She would iron. She would do all of her domestic responsibilities while looking exactly like June Cleaver with her hair all put together together. And as precious and sweet as Mimi is, I am nothing like that. It's messy buns and yoga pants for me. And I don't wear yoga pants because I do yoga. I wear them because they stretch. And I need them to stretch. You know what I'm talking about? But I did learn a lot of great things from Mimi. She was such an inspiration. And what I found is that as a mom, we have to be careful. Because we can do one of two things. We can look at people like Mimi and we can be inspired or we can be intimidated. Mimi never asked for me to be her. She asked me to be the best version of myself. And so although I don't cook all the things that she cooked or do all the things that she did in the way that she did them, I was still able to learn some things for her. As a matter of fact, the whole thing of me even cooking or starting in the kitchen came from Mimi. Now, I wasn't the great baker like she is. Mimi loved to bake, and she would make amazing things. I am more of a cook. And what that means is is when you're cooking, you can make mistakes. When you're baking, everything has to be precise. And that is not as much me. I like to throw a little of this and a little of that. As a matter of fact, my first cookbook, when I wrote it, um, the publisher came back to me and said, we need more specifics instead of a little of this and a little of that. So I had to go back and reformulate a lot of my recipes and really figure out how many ingredients and, and how much of this because I literally just do it by taste. Well, when you're baking, you can't do by taste. You have to be precise. You've got to make sure because everything is actually a scientific formula. You can't omit ingredients or you can't leave things out because one little thing will affect the outcome. But what surprises me is that no matter what kind of cake it is, it all starts with flour and a lot of flour. The bulk of every cake is flour. But do you know what? A mouthful of flour on its own doesn't taste so good. Not at all. As a matter of fact, the other things you got to have in a cake, you got to have some baking powder. Mouthful of baking powder, that doesn't taste so good either. You got to have some salt. Hey, mouthful of salt doesn't taste so good. But that tiny little bit of salt actually helps balance out the ingredients. And when you're putting leavening agents in, the salt keeps it from going too far. The sugar actually feeds the leavening agent and helps it to grow and expand. If you don't get all of those ingredients right, the cake doesn't rise the way that it should. Another thing I learned is about the egg. You know, the egg is not something that tastes good on its own. A raw egg doesn't taste good, but it's necessary in the cake because it brings all of the ingredients together, binds them, and helps provide a little bit of lift. So even though we might not like a mouthful of raw egg, it's necessary in the ingredients. And I love some butter, but I don't like a mouthful of it by myself. You know, it has to be on something else, like a baked potato or a piece of toast. You know what I mean? A mouthful of butter doesn't taste so good on its own, but it's a necessary ingredient that goes into the batter so we can make the cake. You see, the problem is that happens in life sometimes is we look at the individual ingredients and we decide that we don't like them very much. We walk through situations and we say, that doesn't taste good. I don't want that in my recipe. But the truth of the matter is, is without that ingredient in your recipe, you would never get the end product. Might not taste good on its own, but when you mix it all together, and hear this, when you mix it all together, because see, I can mix all the ingredients together, and right here I have the exact same ingredients that I have right here. There is no difference in ingredients. What is the difference? The difference is, is from here to here, it has to pass through the heat in order for it to rise. But when we go through life, we don't like going through the heat. And sometimes what can happen if we're not careful, we opt out. We either don't want those ingredients mixed into our bowl, or even if the ingredients are there, we don't like the time we spend in the oven. But here's the thing if you pull things out before they're ready, you get a cake that falls flat, and you get an inside that is raw and not fully cooked. The process is necessary, even though the process sometimes, if we could just be honest, it's not so fun. It's not so fun. So what I wanted to do today is I wanted to talk to you about an ingredient that you want to make sure that you have in your cake, in your recipe for life. You know, I actually was going through all of my recipes and I found Mimi's old recipe box, with all her little hand-written recipes and her sweet little writing. And I just started going through them, and there were some I didn't understand. Some of the ingredients. Why is there vinegar in this cake? What's in there? Because vinegar on its own is bitter, but it's a necessary ingredient in the recipe of life. So I want to tell you an ingredient that you might want to omit sometimes, but I'm asking you not to because you absolutely need this ingredient. It's called persistence. What is the definition of persistence? It's this. It's a firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. It's continuing the course no matter how hard, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful it may be. I remember when my kids were little, um, my son is about to be 22, my middle daughter is about to be 20, and my youngest is 18. Pray for me for the 18-year-old, y'all. Come on, (laughs) pray for me. So I remember when they were all little, um, the the middle one, quite frankly, I'm really glad she wasn't my firstborn because she is so sweet and so kind and so gentle, and she's always been so compliant. If I would have had her first, I would have thought the other two were damaged, you know? (laughs) So it was really good because then I just looked at her as a blessing and, and as a thank you, Jesus, I did something right, you know? But my first and my youngest, they are like spunky kids. I mean, they are like super spunky. And, and so I remember them all having their car seats lined up. It was before we had the blessed third seat in the car, which I'm so thankful for the third row. Anybody? Yeah. Thank Jesus for the third row. But it was, it was back in the days where all three car seats were lined up beside each other. I don't recommend that. And if you're in that phase, please let me know, and I will pray for you after church, okay? So I had three car seats all buttoned up against each other, and we put the sweet, nice, gentle one in between the two rowdy ones. You know, and and she kind of got penalized, but I didn't know what else to do, right? We just put them in birth order. That's what we just tell them. And so the youngest and the oldest were always the instigators, and the middle would always kind of get caught in things. And because she was so sweet and tender and gentle and nice, um, she didn't always stand up for herself initially. That, that's them when they were little. And, and do you see those little brown ringlets? I mean, just the sweetest little child. Look at her. Show me another picture of her. I want y'all to see this other picture. Look at that face, y'all. Does that just not scream angelic? Doesn't it remind you of Pastor Troy? I mean, she looks just like her dad, and she's pretty even-keeled. My husband's pretty even-keeled. It takes a lot to row him up, and I'm really the only one that does a really good job at it. (laughs) But she is so much like her dad, just even-keeled, sweet. Look at that little smile. I mean, doesn't she just look like an angel? But don't push her. She is, look at that, see? Look at that face. That was right when we moved to North Carolina up at Lake Norman. And all three of them in the back seat, sweet little angel child in between two Beelzebub's, let's just be honest. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I hear this screaming from the back seat. It's my son. He's screaming. Get her off! Like screaming. (laughs) And I'm thinking, what is going on? How can she reach him from, she's in the three, she's, She's the third car seat. And then I realized it's the middle child. (laughs) You see, what happened is this. You know, we had to have a lot of rules. When you have three car seats that butt up to each other, you got to have a lot of rules when you get in the car. Keep your hands to yourself. No biting, okay? No screaming, no punching, no kicking, no hitting. Are you guys following me? And you have to be specific because one time Colby took a ball and threw it at his sister. He's like, I didn't touch her. The ball touched her. You know, so you you have to be so specific. Another time, I turn and there's like wet dripping down my daughter's face. I didn't touch her. I spit on her. Y'all know what I'm talking about. How they just grate your, they push you. This time, the screaming is coming. From my oldest child, my son, and sweet little angel child. She's a rule follower, so she wasn't going to break the rules. She'd gone down through all the lists. But we had never said, you cannot dig your chin in your brother's back. (laughs) So she took her chin, and she was digging that chin in his shoulder blade. And she would not stop. She was clinging. I mean, it looked like something possessed her. And he's just screaming, get her off. I mean, and I was in shock. I was just my sweet little child. What had happened? And then we affectionately started calling it chinning. That had to add to the list. You're not allowed to chin. But the point is, is that little child, no matter how sweet, no matter how kind, there was something in her. Enough was enough. And she was going to be persistent until the situation changed. She was not holding out. She just went after it. And she did not stop digging that. I mean, I'm just sitting there in shock, not saying anything. And he's screaming, help. She was digging that chin in his shoulder blade. I will never forget it. And we had to deal with her subsequent times about chinning because it became her weapon of choice. And I mean... She was pretty successful with it. I'd never seen anything like it before. But the point is, she was persistent. She was persistent. I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to our moms, but the truth of the matter is, is that this message is good for every single one of us. Whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, whether you're in college, doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter your gender, all of us can learn the recipe have the ingredient of persistence in our life. So I'm going to talk to you about some people in the Bible who understood persistence, and because they did, they got their prayers answered, and things paid off for them in an incredible way. The first is is a Syrophoenician mom, Syrophoenician woman. She was a mom. Mark chapter 7, it says, From here, Jesus, he arose and he went to the region of Tyre, Sidon, and he entered a house, and he wanted no one to know it. Jesus is like, hey, I'm going to this house, but let's keep it on the DL. I don't want anybody to know, okay? Problem is, is there was a mom there. It says he could not be hidden. Yeah, because there was a mom who wasn't going to let him be hidden. There was a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, and she heard about him. She came, and she fell at his feet. And the woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth. And it says she kept... Asking, Everybody say, she kept asking. Yes. She kept asking for Jesus to cast the demon out of her daughter, but Jesus said to her these words. He said, let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, listen, I am called to the Jews first and then the Gentiles. You're Greek, you're Syrophoenician, you're a Gentile. I am called to the Jews first and then Gentiles. In other words, your time has not come yet. You're going to have to wait for leftovers. It's not for you yet. You're in the second batch. Do you understand? And he tells this to her. And she comes back at him. And she says to him, yeah, Lord, Lord. She calls him Lord. She understands his authority. And she says, even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. She's saying, I realize that you're for them first. But all I'm asking you, I'm not trying to take their place. I understand. But I'm just asking, can you just give me a crumb that falls off of their table? Because I'll take the crumb right now. Would you just give me a crumb? And she pleads her case to Jesus, and Jesus says to her, (laughs) Touche! Hey, good point! For this saying, go your way, the demon has gone from your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. I love that this mother did not take no for an answer. She said, listen, I'm not trying to mess things up or get things out of order. I understand. I'm submitting to you. I'm calling you Lord, but I'm just asking, can I have the crumb? That's what moms do. They ask, and they persist for their children. The next one is the midnight friend. In Luke chapter 11, we hear a story about the midnight friend. And it says, Jesus said to them, hey, which of you have a friend? And you go to your friend at midnight, and you say, hey, friend. Can you lend me three loaves of bread? Because there's this friend of mine who's come into town on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. Your friend's going to answer you back is what Jesus is saying, and he's going to say this. Hey, I'm in bed. Don't trouble me. My door is shut. My children are in the bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. But I say to you, though he will not rise and give to you because he's your friend, Yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. In other words, you may not get up out of that bed because your friend knocked once and asked you for three loaves for a friend who was on a faraway journey that just arrived and needed some sustenance. But if I keep knocking, if I keep asking you, if I keep pounding on the door, eventually you're going to get up and you're going to open the door and you're going to give me what I need just to shut me up, right? Persistence. Then there's this persistent widow. I love this. Luke chapter 18. It says, then Jesus spoke a parable to them. And he said that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. That right there shows persistence. That we ought to pray and not to lose heart. You see, sometimes what can happen between the batter and the cake is the losing heart. And what Jesus is saying is pray, don't lose heart. And then he says this parable. He says, there was a certain man who was a judge in a city, and he did not fear God, nor did he regard man. Didn't care about God, didn't care about people. And there was a widow who was also in that city, and she came to him, and she said, hey, can you get justice for me from my adversary? Can you help me out? I've I've got this foe, and I need justice. I need your help. And then it says, he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I don't fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. He's saying, listen, I don't care about God, I don't care about people, but I am just, she's wearing me out, I'm going to give her what she wants. You know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of laying in bed one Saturday morning. And Saturdays are my time to sleep in. I like to try to sleep in if I can on a Saturday. And this was a Saturday morning, and it was probably, I don't know, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. And I hear this sounded like a a hit on the side of my house. And I didn't really pay much attention because it just happened once, and I kind of rolled, and I kind of fell back into sleep. And then it happened again. Kind of rolled a little bit, and then it happened again, and then I opened my eyes, and I'm like, "What is that? And then it did it again. And again, and again, next thing you know, I'm flicking back the covers and I'm looking over at my husband like, "Why are you not hearing this? I don't understand. But then I remembered, Oh yeah, he never heard our three kids when they would cry in the middle of the night either. so But it's funny how now that he's 50 years old and you walk across the carpet and he sits up and he's like, why are you being so loud? (laughs) I don't understand it. Something reversed. I can't figure it out. But there was this noise and so it was frustrating me, not because it happened once or twice, but because it was consistently happening. It was a persistent noise. And so I get up out of the bed and I pull the shades open and I push the curtains back and I'm peering out the window, trying to figure out what it is, and I can't see what it is. So next thing you know, I've like popped the, uh, the, the screen off of the window. I'm hanging out the window, and I'm looking, trying to figure out what it is, dangling. By this point, my husband's up, right? And he's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to figure out what that noise is. It's bothering me. Come to find out it was a red-headed woodpecker. On the side of my house, just continually pecking. So then I went and got a broom because it wouldn't stop. I mean, I tried yelling at it. I tried telling it to go away. It would not stop. It was persistent. So I got the broom out. And I'm literally early on a Saturday morning hanging out the window trying to reach and smack this bird off the side of my house because it was waking me up. One pop by the bird, one hit by the bird on the house wouldn't have woken me up. What made me take notice is sheer persistence. What got me up was sheer persistence. Some of you may have had that happen to you, maybe when you heard a drip in the bathroom. One drip will not get you. It's drip after drip after drip, whether it's the sink, whether it's the tub, whether it's the shower, that continual dripping is so, oh my gosh, it makes you pay attention. You're going down at 3 o'clock in the morning getting the toolbox out of the shed. You're getting all the tools out in the wrench just because it's persistent. I started thinking, what if we were persistent like that when we went to the Lord? What if we just didn't stop, no matter what it was, that we got God's attention out of sheer persistence? Because I see that happen in the Bible all of the time. As a matter of fact, in Luke 18, there was a blind beggar. It says that it happened that as he was coming near Jericho, that there was a certain blind man who had sat by the road begging. And hearing a multitude passing by, everybody say passing by. Hearing the multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. He couldn't see, but he could hear that something was going on. And he said, what's happening? What's going on? Well, they said to him, Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Everybody say, passing by. by. Jesus is passing by, and he cried out. And he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Can't see him, but he hears that he's passing by. And then those who went before him warned him and said, hey, stop it. Knock it off. Don't do that. Stop being persistent. You might embarrass yourself. You might look funny. You might stand out. To a blind guy, he didn't care. You know what he said? He told him to be quiet. says he got all the louder. And he started screaming out, son of David, have mercy on me. He got louder. Even when people told him to be quiet, he got louder. You know, I think sometimes we let people tell us to be quiet when we're believing God for something. And if we listen to it, then it'll actually set us back. What if no matter what, we listened To the voice of God. And no matter what we were walking through, we persisted all the more. Because what happened is, is Jesus who was passing by, the next verse says, so Jesus stood still. He's not just passing by anymore. He stood still and he commanded him to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him saying, What do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight for your faith. Your persistence has made you well. Parents, you know all about persistence because you know what happens when your kids want something. Mom, 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 and they pull on you. And you're like, what? what do you want <laughs> just the sheer persistence of it you're like i'm gonna change my name stop it <laughs> the sheer persistence makes you have to pay attention to it so if our kids understand that if i'm persistent how come sometimes as mom we forget that with our parents Just to be persistent, no matter what we're going through. God, can you help me? God, can you get me through? God, this is really tough. God, I don't feel like I'm succeeding. Man, this is difficult. God, just go to him persistently, coming after him. I love the story in the Bible where in Mark chapter 5, there's a woman who the Bible says had an issue where she was bleeding profusely for 12 years. Many of us have heard this story, but to understand the kind of persistence that she had to have, because truthfully, we go through a trial for 12 days and we're dipping out. We're like, I'm gone, I'm done. I've had enough. Peace out, see ya. This has been too much. But here's a woman for 12 years was so sick. She literally spent all of her money, everything she had. She had no energy. She was anemic. For 12 years, she kept pursuing health, chasing down health, trying to get better. And think about this. She could have easily just been depressed, could have just completely given up. 12 years is a long time to have an issue. And not only that, but we know that she was going through it alone because no one was allowed near her. Because of her condition, she was deemed unclean. She didn't have family or friends that could even be around her, but she's standing by a window one day and she hears Jesus is passing by. She thinks to herself, despite her hurt, despite her pain, despite the longevity of her problem, there was this persistence that rose up inside of her that said, one more time, one more time, one more time. I know the last 12 years haven't worked, but one more time. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. She takes every ounce of energy that she has. She goes out into the street where she's not even supposed to be. She pushes through the multitudes. It's what the Bible says, multitudes. And she's just thinking, if I can just somehow get my hand up in the crowd and just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made well. And that's exactly what she did. And the Bible says that strength returned to her. You know, that's the thing is moms that sometimes we've got to ask the Lord to bring our strength back to us when we feel like we've got nothing left, when we feel like, I mean, I'm going to tell you there were days where it seemed like everything could go wrong all at, the one, all at one time. Or the kids' soccer practice, their tests, their projects, and can I just tell you, they're not kids' projects, they're moms' projects because we usually find out about them the night before and we're rushing to the store to get poster board and markers and glue. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And sometimes you just feel like, do I even have a life? Is what I'm doing even mattering? You can feel that way when the kids are little and you're changing diapers and you think, where in the realm of eternity is this even matter? Another diaper Or, or You know, like me, when my first child went away to college, Colby graduated college this year, but I remember when the kids were little, they would all stand at the window, the bay window in the dining room. And whenever Troy and I would leave the house, we would back our car up. We'd have to flash the car lights multiple times, and that was saying goodbye if we forgot to do it. And we were driving down the road, we'd get a phone call, we'd have to turn back around, come back in the driveway and flash the lights. Do you know what I'm saying? And then here I am, years later, I'm standing at the same window, the dining room window, where my children would stand and wave goodbye to me. I'm standing in the same window and I'm watching my son pull off for college and I'm the one crying and waving. You know, it's amazing how things turn and change as a mom and the different seasons we go through and some are easier than others. But can I tell you that if we allow all the ingredients to come together, something amazing comes from it. It doesn't always feel like it, but it does. The most trying thing I think I've ever been through as a mom, there's been a couple of really dramatic examples of things that have transpired, but none is more painful of when my daughter was diagnosed with tumors in her brain now some of you may have heard the story but you know can i just tell you when when the lord does a miraculous work and he heals a child who was incurable it's amazing how you will never stop talking about it so you will probably hear it from me from the time till jesus comes back because i promised the lord when i was laying in the bed sobbing i said god I thank you for healing my daughter, and when you do, I promise you I will never, ever stop talking about it, and you'll never get me to be quiet. And as painful and as hard as that was in the moments because, you know, we didn't, we didn't get the, the new scans right away. The scans took a while to come back clean. Subsequent visits, they weren't clean. Still tumors. But this in-between phase when the heat was really hot Standing your ground when you feel like it's shaky, when you feel like you're hurting, when you feel like you're so broken and wounded, you're like, who's looking after me? I'm looking after everybody else. Who's looking after me? God is. Sometimes as moms, we can think we're taking care of everyone else and we do. My husband has never bought a present for his mother. I buy them all. He doesn't buy the Christmas gifts for our kids, I do. He doesn't plan the family vacations. Mom does. You know, there's different things that we do, and if we're not careful, sometimes we can get a little sour. I know I have before. I got a little salty saying, I do everything around here. You know, and then you get bitter. Y'all know what I'm saying is the truth. Y'all know it. If If I didn't water our plants, they would never live. It's just how it is. But the thing of the matter is, is that we're going to go through difficult times, hard times. We're going to have opportunities where we can get a little salty with our attitude. But you know what? At the end of the day, this is what we're looking for. We're looking for the end result. I love this scripture in Ephesians 6.13. And I'd like to take a little bit of liberty with this scripture if you don't mind. You'll see why. It says, therefore, put on the full armor of God. I decided I was just going to change it up just a little bit because we're in the kitchen today. And we're going to say, put on the full apron of God. Why? So that when the day of evil comes, that you may be able to stand your ground. And after everything, after you have done everything to stand. You know, the thing I love about this is Sometimes we don't necessarily, because of our American language, our English vocabulary, we don't understand sometimes the Hebrew and the Greek and how they work. It's quite different from us. So when I say things like, I love my husband, or I love a cheeseburger, there is a connotation that you're just supposed to pick up on your own, that one outweighs the other. Cheeseburger by far. In other words, there is some emphasis that you have to take in on your own, and you've just got to figure out, well, which one does she love more? Because we use the same word. But not so in this Greek passage here. When this says to stand your ground, and then having done everything, you still stand, this is what it means. It literally means to be found standing after active battle. And it means, the, the connotation means you are standing ready for the next one that's what this means you see the truth of the matter is is life is not always a cakewalk the kitchen gets messy at times it gets really messy but that word stand means to vigorously oppose to go face-to-face, toe-to-toe against the adversary, bravely resisting. You know what I've learned? I've learned that the times in life where I'm not bravely resisting is because I've let things attach to me that should not be attaching. And I'm trying to get somewhere, but I'm taking things with me that I shouldn't be taking with me. I have a friend who is actually she's amazing because no matter what happens she just doesn't let stuff stick to her. I mean literally any situation nothing sticks. And you know what we have to be that way in life? The reason we get depressed, the reason we get bitter, the reason we get angry is cuz we've let something stick. We let something stay longer, take up residence longer than we should. As a matter of fact, I brought my friend with me today. I want to introduce you to her. Her name is Pam. And she is so great because it doesn't matter how hot the situation gets. She doesn't let anything stick. I mean, literally, it doesn't matter. You could burn anything. It's hot. It'll slide right off. What if we all got introduced to my friend Pam today? That no matter how hot it got, No matter how intense the pressure, we have a choice not to let it stick. Will you stand on your feet? I was just thinking about something um, as I was sitting in my seat today. I was watching my son up here. You know, a lot of people remark on our children and... um, Talk about how much they love the Lord and they do and I just want to be vulnerable for a moment and just let you understand something as incredible and amazing as my son is he is every bit of that there are times where it was hot and there were processes and things that we had to walk through I remember the probably the greatest hurt that I've ever experienced um, Up to that point uh, from one of my kids, he made a comment to me one weekend and I was getting ready to preach and uh, it was very, very hurtful. And I remember having to get up and preach a message, wounded, hurting. Didn't get resolved right away, he was 16 years old and 16 year olds, it takes a time For them to learn, don't let the sun go down on your wrath, right? Let's resolve this. The following week, he came to me and he said, I'm really sorry. He said, I intentionally, I was so mad at you, I intentionally wanted to hurt you. And I said, you did a good job. So I want you to see, because sometimes people look at our family or they just think that our kids were, you know, born angelic and every That's not true. Y'all still pray for me with my 18-year-old, right? Right? She just graduated high school, okay? We're we're in this process with her, right? My other two were more over here. We're just kind of more sending them off, slicing up the cake. But there's different seasons and different phases. And can I tell you, no matter what their response is, don't lose sight. Don't let go. Hold on. You see, when the horse is bucking, Sometimes it makes you want to drop the reins a little bit and dismount. Can I tell you, hold on to the reins tighter? That's how you get direction back. Don't drop the reins when it gets tough. You hear me? From one mama to another, don't drop the reins when it gets tough. Don't get quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. You persist, stay strong. Because, see, if you don't persist, the cake will never rise. It rises in the heat. And just know this. I've said this before, but I want to say it again. Sometimes it's not the enemy that's causing us problems, but the inner me. Let's take care of that today. And let's make sure that we don't grow weary and doing well. Because that can be a tendency sometimes for us as moms. We just get a little tired, a little worn out. And sometimes when we do, when we get in that place, we can just want to, especially when you have multiple kids, by the time the third one comes, you're like, just do just eat what you want. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Could you close your eyes and bow your head? Whether you're here in the room or whether you're joining online, I would just like to ask you if there's a way that we could pray for you today if maybe you say hey you know what I felt like it's been getting kind of hot in the kitchen I feel like maybe things have been sticking that shouldn't be and I found myself frustrated I found myself angry I found myself holding on to things that I shouldn't be whatever that might look like if you're saying today I'm willing to let some things go would you just lift your hand up with me if you're online you can just click the little hand on your screen thank you Thank you so much. And this is for everyone. This isn't just for the mamas. But anybody that would say, man, there's some things I just have to let go of. I don't want to hold on to them anymore. And the last one I would like to say is here today. Maybe you say, hey, I would really love for things not to stick, but I don't, I don't know the Lord. I don't, I don't have a relationship with God like I need to. And maybe you're here and you'd say, I'd like a fresh start. I'd like a do-over. I'd like a clean slate. Maybe you burned a few batches of muffins. And you're saying, man, I want a clean slate. I want a do-over. I want to start again. And you want to just, man, get a fresh start with Jesus. If that's you too, would you just lift your hand up real high? I want to see it. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of hands. Online, you too can just click right there. Let me just pray this over everyone, even the people who are joining us live stream. Father God, I just thank you for every person who is within the the sound of my voice. God, I thank you for redeeming and restoring. God, I thank you that no matter what has happened in our life, God, we may have had a few cakes fall short. We may have felt like we got burned in the process and we wanted to exit the kitchen. God, we just thank you that we come back to you today. God, we thank you for your restoration. We thank you for your peace. God, we thank you that no matter what is going on in our world or in our life, God, that we will not quit. We will not grow weary in doing well. That it's worth it. It is worth it even when it feels hard or it feels difficult. God, I ask you to bless each and every person in here today or online, and I ask a special blessing for all of our mamas. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and join us for online services. If you'd like to learn more about Freedom House or how you can become part of our church, visit our website at freedomhouse.cc.